That's where my podcast is hosted currently. They do a really great job, and they have interesting stories themselves. Um, with me, I have Shannon Moore Martin. She's a director of communications, both at Podbean and Easy Living, mm-hmm. because one company's not enough. <laughs> right. She needs to stack them. And I have Jennifer Crawford, and Jennifer runs. Well, she has the um, great title of Chick in Charge. Of social media rescue, and your role at Podbean. I am. I have so many hats. I feel like with Podbean, but I think the official title is community manager. Okay. But um, it's such a fun company to work for that I raise my hand whenever they have a need because I just love the team so much that I love doing whatever comes along. Cool. Now the interesting thing with uh, Shannon, I've been wanting to interview for a while. However, she's a little tougher to pin down because she lives in Shanghai. Yes. How did that come about? I moved there about six years ago, and we went originally because of my husband's job. He got an international opportunity, but we had been living overseas in Spain, so we were looking for more opportunities to go different places. So it it was a happy move. And since then, we've kind of changed directions with careers and stuff, but enjoying it, enjoying traveling around. So it's been fun. Okay, so you determined that you weren't enough time zones forward. That right. <laughs> Spain, you know, that, that's only a few. We need to really kick it forward and go all the way to China. Yeah, and, the, you know, I spoke a little Spanish, so I just wanted to go somewhere where I just wouldn't understand anything. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I barely get through my own current language. And, Jennifer, your other adventure, you do social media, so maybe yes. you can help uh, rescue all of us. That's always <laughs> an adventure. <laughs> How does that work? Uh, Well, I tend to work with small and medium-sized businesses and some personal brands, uh, typically some authors, independent authors, and I work with them to come up with some social media strategy and often uh, will also handle their their management. So they might not have the time or resources to actually get on social media because they're so busy running their companies that they, they need to outsource that and make sure that it's done. They realize the importance of it. And then we do some online customer service too because now nowadays people are not picking up the phone and calling the companies when they're unhappy. They are going to social media and they're shouting it to all their friends and acquaintances on the internet um, and they're, they're very loud about it. So if the companies aren't monitoring that on social media, their reputation can be negatively affected. So you're a tripwire. I'm a what? You have like tripwires set up for your clients to see. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Somebody's talking about them. What's going on right. here? Right. So we, we monitor the cha- chatter, whether that's hashtags or their handles. Um, and depending on what platform they're uh, most prevalent on and where the chatter is happening. And it can also happen in re- on review sites as well. Okay. Uh, silly question for you. Yeah. On Facebook, or well, I'll say Twitter, what is the difference in terms of benefit uh, from between a like and a retweet? Well, a like is not as, doesn't have as much value, I guess, because it's just like, hey, I liked it, but it's not going anywhere. So the value of the retweet is that it's then being shared on that person's profile. So that person's audience, in theory, will see it or could possibly see it. Where if I just like something, my audience doesn't see what I'm liking. So it's just me saying, hey, I appreciate what you're putting out there. But for whatever reason, um, I'm not retweeting it because maybe it doesn't fit with 
what I'm trying to project on my own profile, yet I want to show some sort of support for what you're putting out there. Cool. And how do you recommend um, people put things out to help get the better engagement from other customers and things like that? I think, you know what, it's simple, but I think you have to be very positive and generous. So... I am a big advocate of emoticons and the power of an emoticon because so much is misinterpreted on the Internet. And sometimes people will um, unintentionally convey something that's not positive with a simple sentence even. And even a little smiley face emoticon can translate so much. It's like it goes across language barriers even. It tells people, hey, I meant this in a nice way or a a lighthearted way. Like Um, a wink if somebody puts something out that could be very sarcastic or it could be a tease if there's a wink. Yeah. And, and, you know, look for people, you know, join the conversation. The word social media, the word social is in there. And I think sometimes that gets forgotten and people are just about getting out there and talking about what they're doing rather than engaging with other people that might be um, similar to them or interested in what they're doing or doing something that um, is in their their ecosystem, so to speak. So a lot of it's just having curiosity and just like... You wouldn't go to a party and just put a cardboard cutout of yourself there and walk away. That doesn't work. No, you would go and you talk to people and you shake hands and introduce yourself. So that's the same thing online. Okay. Um, I've, I've heard a rule. I don't know if it's a rule or a guideline or just a strategy that it's a good idea to share a material that's not you, like on a five to one ratio or even more. Like when you're when you're sharing things with people, not me, 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 right. me, me, yeah. but. My friend, my friend, this cool thing. My other friend, this cool thing, this, that. And then, oh, by the way, I did this. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So that goes, that speaks to the generosity that I mentioned. It's like, hey, you know, share what other people are doing that is relevant to, to you um, and help them. And typically people will reciprocate and appreciate that and remember it. It makes you much more memorable than if you're just like, hey, you show up to the party and you're like, look at me, look what I did, look at me, look what I did. <laughs> I mean, that just, that gets annoying after a while, so... And people will tune you out. Makes total sense. Now, Shannon, you kind of you're doing um, communications. Mm-hmm. Now, is that fall into a similar category? Or? I do some social media in that Jennifer handles most of it, but I also am in a lot of the podcasting groups because you need because those kind of things are much more personal interaction. You can't act as a company, so we need and there's also a lot of those and a lot of people that we all have gotten to know. Um, but my main role is writing the content for Podbean. So, for instance, we have a huge library of tutorials, FAQs. Every time we bring out a new feature, which we're always innovating, we have to, of course, educate customers on how to use it and tell them that it exists. So I write the email newsletters. I write the actual website landing pages. So just a lot of writing. So even though we're in the audio space, although I do some video tutorials, but even though we're in audio, I'm usually the, I'm the typing person. <laughs> so I do a lot of uh, written content. Cool. So while... Uh, social media may be one thing. Um, I'm guessing you design the overall overarching strategy right, of the site. Right. right, the messaging. And it's nice because a lot of it, it's marketing communication, some of it, but a lot of it's educational stuff with podcasters. And in my work career, that's a lot of what I've done. I've done marketing communications, but with a kind of a bent towards education. And I really like that. And I also am sort of a one of the podcaster liaisons at the company. So I sit with our development team and our, our CEO, who you got to meet. And so we get feedback. We were talking about some feedback 
feedback earlier that you have we get feedback and then I'll sit with them and say hey we're hearing a lot of this chatter online about people needing help with this certain issue and what I love about Podbean is how responsive they are and I mean responsive to the customers but responsive to me you know bringing <laughs> these issues and they say okay I mean of course as a business you have to analyze does that make sense we want to be able to keep costs for customers down so we're not going to just implement something one person asked for perhaps but a lot of times the cu- I mean customers have the best ideas and that's how we've mm. come up with the things that we've done so that's a big role that I play too cool and on that note um, Jennifer runs a podcast that is I guess the official podcast of um, Podbean or at least yep. very much affiliated with it yep. are you doing that I, I know you've done it on your are you doing that to kind of help walk in the shoes of the podcaster for a mile type of thing yeah i mean you know we always say that we're sort of we feel like we we need to champion the in the independent podcaster because that's such a large portion of our customer base and we're so um indebted to them and feel like this allegiance um to them so the podcasting smarter podcast and also the corresponding podcasting smarter facebook group i think was just a way for us to just do something extra to, to reach out and provide some value to our customer base and even people that aren't our customers, you know, just mm-hmm. independent podcasters that are looking to connect with a community. Um, I think we've done a good job of relaying a very friendly personality attached to the Podbean brand. And so we carry that over into the group and try to carry that over into the podcast. And it's actually just a lot of fun to talk to people that are hosted on our platform and let them tell us what they've learned. It helps us learn things along the way. And there's always something to be to be learned that we haven't heard before. And I think it does help a lot of our newer podcasters to have a resource, you know, when they get there. To, oh, there's a podcast that is put out by my hosting company, and I get to hear from other podcasters doing what I'm doing. So I think there it gets some community cohesion going on to, to offer those two things. Would you guys um, both say that you kind of cater toward the independent podcaster, the small guy? I think a, a lot. Yeah, we have some, we have we have a separate product that Jennifer works a lot on called our Enterprise Podcasting, but you don't see a lot about that because it tends, it's internal communications for big companies. So that's kind of a separate section. It's not, it wouldn't be something people talk about like here at Podcast Movement a lot. People might sort of not even think of it as a podcast. It's, it's private content. So that is a huge area for us, but as far as general podcast hosting clients, definitely the independent podcast podcaster and we have just the nature of the the platform itself the way it's set up the ease of use and also the simplistic pricing plans that we have uh we don't it's not complicated to figure out it's pretty straightforward uh have really uh, been perfect for that independent podcaster audience and and then it allows it to grow with them so we've had a lot of people that start out with us and they're just like everybody else and it's just one guy one gal Mm -hmm. and they've done amazing things and they don't have to move to a different platform we can totally support them but they were with us you know from the start so uh it's definitely Okay, so you guys can scale. It's not a matter of like, wait a minute, uh, if I have more than 1,000 or 10,000 or what, you're able to serve that. Definitely. And that's sometimes a little bit of a myth that we found out there. We've talked to people and say, oh, you guys are great for people when they don't know, you know, much about podcasting or they, you know, or they're new to it. And and then they kind of think, oh, but if someone has to use this other host, if they're more professional. And we have some huge shows that host with us and we're completely able to handle their needs. And actually, I say a lot of the tools we've brought on board now are things that make us a bit unique over some of the 
competitors, friendly competitors that we have um, that can really help as people grow. So I think we're, you know, we're able to handle that. But our goal is to help all the independent podcasters get to wherever they want to be. I mean, some people just want to, it's just a fun thing, but a lot of people want to grow and want to monetize. And so we want to have all of that for them. Cool. Now, um, Podbean is kind of unique in the sense it is both a hosting platform, but it is also an app. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is really more the focus of the company, and how would you you know rate what each the purpose of each if you don't mind? The, we're really a hosting company at heart, and with hosting goes this monetization side. So we the reason for the app is because of our hosting customers. We saw that people mobile is important, and especially before Google got into the podcasting game they are now there was not a lot of great solutions for android and so we felt like we needed to have that we can promote our podcasters in the app in certain ways and if you don't have the app you can't do that podcasters can engage with their listeners through our comments they can even you can even record in the in the app not a ton of people use it but if you want to do something on the go and you can edit so we wanted to have all those features but that was driven by podcaster need more than so there's other there's some companies that just do apps um, and so that it's a bit of a different thing, but our focus is still on the podcaster. I know that one of your um, competitors builds apps for podcasters where they can have their show app. Yep. Is that also something you consider doing with your basic app as a, a template? We, we can. Uh, we do. We do and can build, give custom apps, um, but usually it's mostly our enterprise clients that use it. What we found is the trend is that listeners want to have a podcasting app they don't want to have a separate app for most shows um if you're like me your phone only has no room left (laughs) and um you have you don't want to go into so i mean it is something that works for certain shows especially at a certain level and so if they get to that level and want to have it and for the simplicity of it but i think just in watching technology trends it's going to be less and less and more of people wanting multi-purpose apps so that's the direction but but it is something we offer and we do it for some of our business clients, and so people can get those types of plans if they want their cool. own app. Yep. Now, how, how many um, hosts or how many shows are you guys hosting at this point? I know it's always growing. We have a counter on our homepage, and I, I remember looking at it recently and going, oh, there was a big jump. Uh, so I think the last time I looked at it was 175,000-plus yeah. shows um, were on that counter. So that's that's pretty incredible. And then... You know, the number of episodes is astronomically larger than that. Right. right. So that many distinct shows that are yeah. mm-hmm. And wow. the thing I tell people about that is because they'll say, well, wait a minute, on Apple, there's not even that many. But they don't ne- they haven't necessarily all submitted even to Apple or iTunes. Right. Um, we have we do offer a free plan that a lot of people try out podcasting. And we have students, for example. And so uh, there is a big chunk of that that are free shows that haven't really gone anywhere. But even the other day we were looking and we have a, a pretty big we had almost a thousand people using a free plan but they were publishing shows uh so we're we're telling them about some of the advantages of of upgrading but um but some of those aren't active so uh i'd say we have a core of active maybe around forty thousand active well cool now earlier you brought up and i know you guys have been rolling out some new features um either of you want to discuss those because i think they could be really really interesting for Myself, which I'll definitely be investing in, but my podcasting friends, if you will. Yeah, I mean, we're really excited about it. So uh, Shannon's been really involved with this, but I will, I'll start out. Um, so we, it's called a product called Pod Ads, 
And it was designed, again, with the independent podcaster in mind, the smaller show that's been told they, they can't get sponsors, they can't monetize, they're not big enough or significant enough to attract advertisers. So Pod Ads was designed in order to help smaller shows as well as small businesses and events that need local targeted advertising. Yeah, excellent. Good job. So it's a programmatic ads platform. So for people that are like in, into this kind of techie stuff, they might know. So that means that an advertiser goes in and say they kind of set up some specs. It's very self-serve. Uh, they upload an au the audio file for it. So these aren't host-read ads. Uh, we can also get that recorded for them. So if it's a small business that doesn't have an ad, we can, we can get that done oh, by okay. a voice artist. So yeah, we've tried to build, we've tried to take all the friction out of it. Uh, and so they go in and they buy, and so they may be getting ads on maybe, let's say, 10 different shows to get what they want. So this means that you don't have to have this 10 or 50,000 downloads per episode to get an advertiser. You can, yeah. you may be one of many that the ad's going out on, and it enables them to get the reach they want, but enables you to get dollars um, for your time. And because they're dynamically inserted, they can target specific specific geographies all the way down to the city level. So we're seeing this opportunity right now. If you're a local business, it doesn't make a lot of sense to advertise on podcasts unless it's some podcast that really has to do with your city or something. Uh, but now this will be perfect for local businesses. It's much more affordable than a lot of local media <laughs> that exists already. And they can also target, you know, they can target categories. And we also are promoting it to podcasters for podcasters to be advertisers because a lot of people are doing cross promotion with other shows where they're just exchanging free promos and we're saying put a few dollars behind it and with a lot less effort because you don't have to you know make a deal with somebody and go through all of that uh you can and you are targeting people that already listen to podcasts so it's so right. perfect that really okay so it's almost to the degree of granularity of like a facebook ad where you could say exactly. okay uh, i'm a tucson business i i want you to put it, my ad in uh, these 10 podcasts, mm -hmm. but only listeners in the geographical area yep. of uh, Southern Arizona. Yep. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And we, I talked to somebody today that works, she's a, an advertising agency, but she said over the years she had a, a retailer that came to her and they had multiple cities across the U.S., but they had uh, different names and so they needed different messaging. Oh, wow. And basically they got turned down for podcast advertising because everyone said, well, we can't how how is that possible? With this, they'd be able to run different ads in different markets, and podcasters can get some money from it. And they can, and then it's also a more um, applicable ad to the listener because it's something in their area. So it doesn't necessarily matter as much if it matches up with the type. Type people have had trouble figuring out what type of podcast should I be on. Well, this it's going to be something in their local area, so it's going to be something potentially relevant to them. Cool. And because they're dynamic too, does this mean that you won't have, oh, my episode one from three years ago has go to meeting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or exactly. whatever product no longer exists or anything. So yep. you, some episodes may have no ads at all and some may have them. It, it's just uh, randomly done. Or yeah, not. definitely. And people can then take more advantage of, it's, it's much more efficient. You can take advantage of back catalog if you're still getting a lot of downloads on those. And um, we also do offer self-serve dynamic insertion. So if a podcaster brings their own advertiser in, they can use that technology to be more efficient, but it, um, in their own, you know, their own host read audio file or read by the company. Really? And we can insert it for them. Yeah. So that's a different, Is there a two different products. A, a time uh, type of situation where they have to have it uh, a 30 second um, spot or a minute, or is it just a put it here, 
and it's a minute and 10 seconds. I don't care. For the if you're self-serving, it doesn't matter. You determine it. But for the pod ads, uh, we have guidelines in the so when you're when they're setting up the campaign, we tell the advertiser an approximate time for the slot, which are like typical pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll times. And I, I forget what they are off the top of my head, but you know, 30 seconds for the pre-rolls, up to 60 for the mid-roll, that kind of thing. And then podcasters can and podcasters plan where they want those spots to drop. Okay, so. That's cool. So even if you're selling through another means, mm -hmm. because you're able to put it in dynamically, you can also pull it dynamically. Yep. And uh, the episodes are clean again. So you're running a two-month campaign or something mm -hmm. like that, and they say, okay, well, two months is up. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, it is awesome. Now, how is it going with the um, with podcasters that say want to kind of help each other out because we're all broke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're what we're seeing it as is an extension of the free cross promotion. So still can do that certainly, um, but we found like in the Facebook groups and stuff, a lot of people are you know chatting and saying, oh, can I you know I have these spots, can I run them on your podcast and in exchange? Um, but we see it as an extension of that. So okay, that if that's working for you, instead of trying to spend hours <laughs> contacting people and figuring that out, go in and do a and you can set a daily budget cap set a $5 cap like, like you would in Facebook, run some ads for a couple of weeks, and then all you have to do is upload the audio. It takes three steps, so nothing more to it. And you could end up being on shows that you hadn't yet discovered in your niche. And, oh, okay. And I've talked to a lot of podcasters who've been very disenchanted with Facebook ads because they haven't worked for them for one reason or another, and there's nothing a podcaster hates more than spending and wasting money. <laughs> so if you're, but I think most podcasters are willing to invest a little bit in their show show um so like shannon said you can set a budget so instead of spending 20 or 25 dollars on a facebook ad maybe not even uh reaching people that know how to download a podcast this is like the warmest lead we could possibly give you as a podcast listener who's interested in the type of content that you're producing so you we're able to lead you directly to your audience so okay. i mean how could you not you know at least try it well, I plan to actually. I hope um, you do. <laughs> if anything, for the dynamic insertion, because right now I have friends with a podcast I like, yep. and I just kind of had them build promos for me to put in the shows, just to say, "Hey, look, check these out. They're really cool people." Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And is it? Yeah. How's it rolling out so far? Is it? It's very. Eye? It's very new, but we're getting a lot of positive feedback. And we have had podcasters make money already from some of our advertisers. That we had some people that were previously in our marketplace that rolled over into this, and we'll start to do a lot more marketing and sales. So we haven't done a lot of that yet. So it's still very. It's lean on advertisers at the moment. So people who, that are on it, I tell them, don't don't worry. You know, it will be coming. There's going to be a big mass and we don't make it exclusive so if you're signed up for pod ads but you somehow you know get a deal through an ad agent or you find a sponsor we don't say you can't do that so there's no harm really in being signed up for it if you like the concept you know some people don't want to do non-host red ads and we don't force anyone into it okay that makes total sense now moving to a, another subject okay um, we're currently at a very large podcasting conference and I'm with somebody else who is an organizer and director of yeah. DC Podfest. Yeah, DC Podfest. A, a very different type of conference, but a, a, a good one, I think. So that takes place. We, uh, we're 
going to have our fourth year this November 9th and 10th. And it's always in November. And it's been in D.C. proper up until now. But this year it's going to be in Arlington, which is just over the, the river from D.C. Um, short metro right away. And we're in this great new space. We're really excited about it. But, uh, yeah, we bring together a lot of independent podcasters. Uh, we have the spirit of D.C. sort of infused into the event. So we get a lot of podcasters that um, are very representative of the area. So activism, politics, social change, um, those are all like heavily creativity art, artists and cr- all kinds of creative types uh, have podcasts in D.C. So they're nicely represented and we try to definitely reflect that in our programming with a lot of diverse speakers and topics that uh, speak to, to that audience. So it's, it's a good time. We'd, we, uh, we have a lot of networking thrown in and some live shows and so we try to try to have a lot of very interactive things going on in the two days. Okay, and speaking of activism, I believe you run a dog rescue group or work with them? Yeah, I work with one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on a volunteer basis uh, in our area. My husband and I have fostered rescue dogs on and off for 12 or 13 years now. And uh, our, we adopted one of our fosters a little over a year ago. So that was so they call that a foster failure. <laughs> but if you don't know what fostering is, it's where you take a, a pet into your home and give them a temporary home and a home environment so they're not in a shelter or a cage, which tends to affect their temperament. Sure. And um, so this way, they're in a home environment. You really get to know them, and then you're very involved in placing them in a home that matches their their personality. And it helps socialize them. Yeah, and you help socialize them and train them. And, and uh, yeah, and you see, you know, the dog you get on day one is typically not the dog you have two weeks from them. They, they really come out of their shell in a home environment, getting love, attention, proper care. So then we can really talk about the pet in a real way to any potential adopter and make the appropriate match. And do some kind of, do you offer some kind of training or internally do some kind of training to help make sure that they don't go to the new home and maybe cause damage or things like that and they get kicked back into the system? Yeah, this rescue group in particular is really good about that. They tend to pull dogs out of overcrowded shelters in less affluent areas of Virginia. So a lot of times these dogs have not lived indoors. They've been chained outside. So they have done, you know, sometimes they're what they call feral. So they just have not been fully like really domesticated like we think of a you know a dog should be so they will invest a lot of time and energy in professional training and we'll keep them in a foster home longer than typical in order to make sure they're nice and stable and well trained before they they send them off to a home and and they're also really good about documenting that on social media so they get like people really involved in the dog's story which helps him or her have a happy ending you know excellent yeah so Closing out, what do you guys have coming up, uh, either personally or professionally? Oh, goodness. Um, Well, I will be going to DC Podfest in November, so I'm excited. (laughs) Um, We've been doing more and more, as Podbean, we've been doing more conferences, a mixture of the typical sort of podcast conferences, uh, trying to do some more worldwide things. So I went to Copenhagen for a podcast day in Europe this year. So we have global customers, but there's a lot more of this kind of stuff in the U.S., so now we're trying to find what's out there. Uh, And Jennifer and Vernon on our team have gone to a lot of more business and 
HR related podcast mm-hmm. for our enterprise products. So we've been quite busy with that. And yeah, yeah. In between now and then, personally, I have a I do a lot of travel. So I have a trip to the Philippines planned <laughs> in October. We have a big holiday, and yeah, so I'll go back to Shanghai, then go to the Philippines, then go to DC, and then who knows what's next. <laughs> Jennifer. Yeah, well, I have a trip to Myrtle Beach plan, not nearly as exotic, but the More annual relaxing. family vacation is, is on the books in August. The, just the worst time to go to Myrtle Beach because it's so hot. But, you know, my, my in-laws get a, a nice beach house and they pay for it, so you can't complain too much. Uh, so I'll be doing that. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I think, the next conference that Vernon, our team member, and I are going to is in Chicago. It's called an online learning conference. Mm-hmm. So we're presenting um, our enterprise solution to companies that are looking for innovative online learning tools and so podcasts um, our podcast hosting solution is great because it gives them a a distribution model uh, that's on demand and then we can also back that up with uh, very granular uh, user-based statistics so they can get the data um, and know that the people that are absorbing their learning content are actually listening to it so it gives them good intel we get to demo it i think it should be a lot of fun sounds great well thank you both so much for taking the time out i know you're going crazy in this conference oh it's really busy it's a lot there's a lot going on but it's all good so thank you eric thanks for giving us the opportunity to chat thank you hey everyone eric here i want to thank you again so much for listening i know your time is valuable so i really appreciate you taking some if you like what you hear please spread the word we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Unstructured P, as in podcast. Also, you can review the podcast in whichever app you use. It really helps a bunch to spread the word. Thanks again. Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to Mr. Hayes? A fish surrounded by sharks. A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing The Diarist by Donna Barrow Green. The Diarist, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical, suspenseful, and full of twists. Available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea... I do notice you. I like that blouse on you very much. You look very pretty just as you are right now. Oh, well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. 
Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. Now, tonight's adventure into the unknown. Shut up and sit down. Sarge and Frenzy from the Sarge Approved Podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Sarge Approved Podcast has a guest every episode featuring uh, people like actors, comedians, uh, survival experts, authors, martial arts experts, basically a whole gamut of badass people. Yes. And you can check out all our episodes on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, um, yeah. you can check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. It's all at Approved. Yep. Check it out, and we hope you enjoy it. Bye.